You're listening to the Freelance Friday Podcast. I'm your host, Latasha James. Whether you're ready to launch the side hustle you've been dreaming about, working to double your freelance income and go full-time, or just seeking inspiration from some of the smart, innovative folks I know, you're in the right place. Enjoy the episode. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of the Freelance Friday podcast and welcome if you're new. My name's Latasha and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at the Latasha James. So welcome. All right. So today we're talking about when it's time to leave your full-time job to start your business, run that thing full-time. I quit my full-time job a few years ago and all has been well, luckily, but I had been considering quitting my job for a couple years before I actually went ahead and did it. Some of the feelings that I were feeling were just um, general unfulfillment. I felt like I was kind of hitting a wall in terms of the work that I was receiving and my skill set. I felt like I wasn't really using all of my skills and I wasn't living up to my full potential. I had also sort of hit a wall in terms of promotions and pay. You know, I wasn't trying to be ungrateful or greedy or anything like that, but I definitely felt like there wasn't much more that I could do in the relative future. I was going to have to wait quite a few years and really climb my way up that corporate ladder before I was able to make my goal income. Now, I want to say this episode is for people who are planners like me. And sometimes there are things that are just way more important than having this perfect plan, okay? If you're experiencing microaggressions, threats, if you're feeling unsafe, if you are experiencing discrimination, mental health issues that are resulting from your job, you need to get out of there. Like those are the most important things. You know, I never experienced feeling unsafe, if you will. So I was able to sort of stick it out until I had reached this point. But I just want to make that clear. I totally understand not everybody's going to have this picture perfect, well-planned out exit strategy. That's just not how it works. So how long should you tough it out if you can? Well, here's what I think that you should have in an ideal situation planned out, mapped out before you go ahead and and turn in those papers and say that you quit. First thing is wait until you've created a business plan. Now, the good thing is this is something that you can do right now. You can start right after this video, just bust out a Word document and start typing away. A business plan doesn't need to be extremely complex. There are some templates on sba.gov that I will link to in the show notes, but it honestly doesn't even need to be that complex depending on what type of business you're looking to run. If you are looking for external funding and to enter like pitch competitions and things like that, loans for your business, you probably will need something way more advanced. But for me, I just had a very simple version of this document. So I had mapped out what I was going to be selling, meaning what services and, you know, the amount of each service. So when I left my full-time job, I fully wanted to focus on my agency work. Now I've expanded a little bit to work on educate online education and courses as well. But you know, I was really just running an agency. So I knew, okay, I need to sell this many social media management packages, this many ads packages and so on and so forth. You want to think about that. Think about, are you going to sell digital products? Are you going to sell physical products? Are you going to sell services? Where are you going to sell things? All of that good stuff. 
You'll also want to have a loose client acquisition strategy. So, you know, you don't want to just quit your job and on day one have to figure out like all of these new leads. You'll really want to have this working in the background so that you're starting to generate buzz and generate leads before you even go all the way and dive all the way in. So for me, I already had my website up and running by the time I quit my job and I had some content put out there so that I was generating some search traffic already. I was talking about my company on my YouTube channel. I was making connections on LinkedIn. I was attending events and and getting contacts that way. So you want to be in a good place when you leave. So you're not like, you know, like I said, starting from scratch. You'll also want to have some basic SOPs or standard operating procedures set up for your business before you leave. So, you know, what types of tools are you going to be using to accomplish these tasks? How are you going to invoice people? How are you going to get your contracts made? What CRM system are you going to use? All of that stuff. You want to have that figured out before you go full time. And I'll actually link in this episode, all the tools that I use to run my business. I did a whole podcast episode about it. If you are looking to get started. And, you know, like I said, SBA.gov is a really good resource for business planning, but also this is a good case for a coach or a mentor. I think that before you leave your day job is actually the best time, I would say, to invest in a coach because you have a little bit of extra income. You know, you know that you will be able to afford them and they'll be able to help you get set up on the right foot. So, you know, I often will look at my coaching clients, business plans and, you know, help them refine them or help them get started with them overall before they quit their day job. So again, when they do leave, they're in a really good spot. Okay. In an ideal world, I would also hold off on quitting your day job until you have tested your proof of concept. So what that means is you don't want to just go in day one, never have tested your service, your product, whatever it is that you're selling, however it is that you're going to make money and say, okay, I'm a coach. I'm open for business now. And you've never had a client. You've never gotten feedback from your ideal clients. You don't even know if what you have to offer is in demand. That's not a good situation. I was side hustling throughout my entire corporate career, really, but I really got serious about it in, I would say, the year leading up to me putting in my notice. So I really was working like two full-time jobs or at least a full-time job and a half and running a full-fledged agency. I mean, I was making a really decent income just off of my side hustle revenue. And that was not because I needed the money because I already had my full-time salary. It was because I wanted to prove to myself that I could actually do it and that it would be a sustainable business model. And I wouldn't just be walking into, you know, a nightmare basically. So, you know, depending on how demanding your full-time job is, depending on what your business is that you're going to start, you may or may not be able to like go all the way with it like I kind of did. But at the very least, you can collect customer surveys or ideal client customer surveys. And this is just a form of market research. So again, let's say that you want to start a coaching business. So start putting together Google Docs or HoneyBook forms or whatever technology you want to use. Put those together and start reaching out to people who are in your ideal client base and start asking them questions like, what are you struggling with? You know, if you're a transformation coach or if you're a Uh, a life coach, you know, what areas are they most needing help with? What price points are they looking to invest in? What type of coaching do they want? Do they want video coaching, in-person coaching, text message coaching? You know, what are they really looking for? A course, that kind of thing. And just really start to gather all that data so that 
you know, you know what you have to sell is actually going to sell when it's time to open the doors. You could also, depending on your industry, survey other people who are doing what you wanna do. Now, obviously not everyone might want to give away their trade secrets, if you will, but just attending industry events, talking to people, watching videos, again, hiring a coach, maybe somebody who's a couple years ahead of where you want to be, and really being able to sort of pick their brains. Now, doing this, in the right way, don't just walk up to people and say, hey, I wanna pick your brain. Make sure that you have something to offer them in exchange. Maybe you want to be an apprentice for them and you say, hey, I'm looking to start a business like yours in a year or so. Do you think that I could work under you? Uh, for free or for a low cost for a few months just to see if it's something that I like or to, to get a feel for the industry. There's a lot of different ways that you could approach it that are not um, exploitative, if you will, or going to make people run the other way. But yeah, really the point of testing this proof of concept is just to make sure that your business idea is actually gonna be viable. And it's a lot easier to scale something that's already sold at least once than to completely start from scratch. It's the same thing with Facebook ads. I don't recommend running Facebook ads for something you've never sold ever before. I recommend at least having sold it once or a couple of times before going ahead and amplifying it with ads. It's, it's the same general concept because you can't market a bad product. So if your idea is not is not viable, people don't want it, no matter how much marketing you put behind it, no matter how many coaches you hire, it's just not gonna work out long-term. And lastly, I would recommend holding off until you have a solid exit plan. Now, all of this is really kind of a part of an exit plan, but these are the things that you really, really need to think long and hard about before putting in that notice. So you'll want to determine your startup expenses. This is something a lot of people don't think about. We think about our day-to-day -day, you know, lifestyle needs, You know, how much our rent is or a mortgage or a grocery bill or a car note or whatever, but we're not often thinking about what equipment do I need to start this business? Do I need to hire some people to help me start this business? Again, totally depends on what business you're operating, but I personally had pretty low startup expenses since I had already been doing it for so long. I think I may have bought myself a couple pieces of new equipment, you know, new cameras and things like that, a new cell phone I think I did. Um, but really those weren't even necessities. So, but figure out if this is going to be something brand new for you, you might have to invest in a business plan for zoom. You might need to buy a new work laptop. Um, you might need to rent out office space. You might need to hire somebody to build a website for you. If you don't know how to do it, there's so many little things like that that you just don't even think about. Also, let's talk about the legal stuff. You're going to want to set up your business formation, which does cost money. It doesn't cost a lot of money to set up your business. You can Google just your state, you know, how to set up an LLC or a small business in Michigan, and you'll find everything that is state specific or country specific for you there. It's not a lot of money, but it is some money. You're gonna want to uh, get business insurance. What else? I mean, all of those things, you know, even if it's $50 here, $50 there, those do add up. So figure out what that amount is going to be. So you're not left with a big startup bill right after you quit your job and you hadn't really thought it through. Now you will also want to think about how much you need each month. So you can start that now. Just start being really active with your finances, really understanding where your money is going every single month. And my, my advice for this too is don't budget like the minimum needed. So if you normally spend 
$3,000 a month on like all your expenses. Add in a little bit extra because you're gonna want to have fun. You're gonna wanna celebrate your new client wins. You're gonna have stressful days where you just wanna order a pizza or you just wanna go out with friends or you wanna go on a little staycation. Like there are gonna be those times and what you don't wanna do is trap yourself in a prison, a freelance prison because you might as well just get a different day job. Like what's the point of working for yourself if you can't go out to eat, if you can't do fun things once in a while. So don't just budget the minimum like amount that you need to stay alive. I mean, budget enough that you will actually be able to live a life and be happy, you know? You also wanna figure out health insurance. If you have a full-time job, Usually they offer you health insurance, so that's kind of a benefit of the job. So keep that in mind. You're going to need to figure that out. I actually, you know, I say this and I'll acknowledge my privilege in that I am relatively young. I'm relatively healthy. I don't really have any major health concerns. And I also am am single or was when I quit. I, you know, was unmarried, no children. So that wasn't something that I was actually that worried about just because it's just money. If your employer is sponsoring your healthcare plan, basically, you just need to make up that amount of money that they were sponsoring. But like I said, I also do acknowledge I didn't have children. I could probably survive by having it lapse a month or two, which I think I even technically did because just paperwork and stuff was like too much for me. It was stressful. So I technically think I went a month or two without health insurance. So Again, if you do have dependents, if you do have any health concerns, you're definitely gonna wanna make sure that you have a plan for that. And if you're curious what I did, I just went with a marketplace plan. It is pretty not great to like, it pretty much just makes sure that if I go to the hospital, they will keep me alive. So it's not a fantastic plan, but again, I don't have any major health concerns. If you do, you will want to probably do a little bit more research than I did. I'm going to leave a link down below for Freelancers Union. They have some freelance specific plans that they recommend. And that was kind of where I started. So then once you get all of that information, you figure out your living expenses, you figure out your healthcare expenses, you figure out all of that stuff, your your day-to-day business expenses, you want to build up an emergency fund based off of that number. So I think that I ended up quitting my day job after I had about six months emergency fund built up. If I'm thinking correctly, I think it was about six months. I felt pretty good about that. My initial plan was to do three months and I saved that amount and I was like, I don't know, it just doesn't look like enough. It doesn't feel right. And I'm pretty glad that I waited because I would have been okay I would have done fine. Um, I just felt so much more secure with six months. Six months felt like enough and I was still making money. So I wasn't just going into my savings and spending, spending, spending every month. It was really just there as a buffer and as kind of a security blanket. So if I didn't get new clients or if I had to turn someone away or whatever, I had that to fall back on. And the reason an emergency fund is so, so important is, well, a couple things. I mean, we also have to consider that when you have a full-time job, you have like access to short-term disability and workers comp and all these different things that we might not have as freelancers. So if God forbid something happened to you, your first month freelancing, you had a slip or a fall, you had a health emergency or your family, you know, something happened with them, you would want to be able to take a month off or whatever you needed 
without hesitating and without having to deprioritize your health or your family. So that's one reason that an emergency fund is so important. And then of course, the less dramatic reason it's so important is because it really allows you to be picky with your clients. You don't want to take work out of desperation. I promise you that is how a lot of people get hung up in bad situations with abusive clients or you know, projects that they're not proud of. It happens. It's happened to us all, but it definitely happens a lot less when you have a good amount of money in the bank and you're not feeling like you have to take every $100 project that comes your way and get burnt out or get, like I said, in a bad situation. Burnout is real. You know, if you're taking a bunch of projects that are so, so low, you're going to start to hate your job. And again, you're going to be asking yourself, why didn't I just stay at my day job? Why did I quit my job to work in this box, you know, in my office all day long on these crappy projects that are not paying me anything. So please, please keep that in mind. I also, as a part of your exit plan, think it's important to talk to an accountant. You're probably not going to need to do anything special right away, but you're just going to want to give them a heads up, start building a relationship with somebody who can really help you in that first year of self-employed taxes, because it is confusing and I don't really recommend going it alone. I do have a full video about sort of the freelance tax process. If you want an overview, I'll link that, but definitely start something to start thinking about. And at the very least set aside about 30% of your invoices. That's what I do. At least I'm not an accountant, so that's not official advice, but that's what I do. Set aside 30 to 40% of my invoices into a separate bank account. And I don't touch it so that if I do need to pay that back in taxes at the end of the year, it's there and it's, you know, I'm not really missing it. So those are sort of the three most important steps to think about, most important things to consider before going ahead and quitting your day job. I hope this was helpful and I hope that if you are in this position, if you're considering leaving your day job to start a business, that you uh, you were inspired by this. It was helpful. I know it seems like a lot, but just taking things step by step really helped me. And again, it seems like a lot. It seems overwhelming, but you're going to be really glad that you went through these three steps if you can before quitting your day job, you know, because you'll just feel so much more secure and like you really protected yourself and your business a lot more than just sort of going and doing it off a whim. So I hope this helped and I will see you very soon for a new video on my YouTube channel and I'll see you next Friday for a new podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Show notes for this episode are available at latashajames.com slash podcast and contain all of the links I may have mentioned today, as well as an invitation to join my private Facebook group, the Freelance Friday Podcast Community. You can also learn about my ultra exclusive membership community, the Freelance Friday Club. Oh, and if you liked what you heard, please be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or throw me a testimonial over at latashajames.com slash contact. Thanks so much. We'll talk soon.